What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods, and we are back. We have the national championship preview. It's finally here. We get to talk about the game of the year, Alabama, Ohio State, the 11th, 7 p.m. on ESPN down in Miami. And, man, we are so excited for this game. We are going to break up matchups to watch, positional battles. We're going to give you all a full position-by-position breakdown. And, of course, we're giving you all our final predictions for the 2021 National Championship. We have a loaded show today. It's going to be one you do not want to miss, so make sure to tune in. But let's kick it off. State and you know I'm not gonna lie I thought this was a little low at first but you know after what we saw Ohio State do last week I get it but what is your first matchup that you want to watch in this game that you think will determine who wins this one so obviously well not obviously what I'm looking <laughs> at most in this game I feel like there's a whole lot like, there's a lot you can choose from here you said obviously um, we're gonna let y'all guess <laughs> I'm just gonna no, be as vague yeah. as possible. <laughs> It's, it's going to have to be in this Ohio State secondary against these Alabama wide receivers. I mean, obviously, Devontae Smith. I mean, that's that's the name everyone knows. He just won the Heisman. I mean, last night, well, last night for us, two nights ago, if you listen to this episode, just won the Heisman Trophy. It wasn't as big of a blowout as I thought it might have been, by the way. That's a whole Except how Trevor that's Lawrence snatched second place. He won the fan vote. So, <laughs> that's really all that matters. So, the people had their say. But – no, I, I mean, I, I honestly think that, that these Bama receivers versus this Ohio State secondary has to be the main matchup to watch. And because it's not only Devontae Smith, like I was saying, it's also uh, maybe going to be Jalen Waddle, which is going to be terrifying. That is, that is got to be the scariest thing in the world for these Ohio State cornerbacks, safeties. Whoever has to match up against Jalen Waddle, good luck. I know he's coming off of injury, but, man, this guy <laughs> – I, I was talking to my wife last night. I was talking to Hannah Zach, and um, last night at the Heisman presentation, she's like, "Oh, you know, who's gonna, who do you think is going to win?" I said, "Devontae Smith." And you know what's crazy is that he might not be the best receiver on his team because Jalen Waddle is that good. If he would have had a full healthy season, I don't know what the Heisman ceremony would have looked like at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that has to be the main matchup. I mean, not only those two, but but Mechie for Alabama too is another great target. I, I just feel like Alabama has unlimited wide receivers. And don't forget, Najee Harris can catch the ball out the backfield as well, which is terrifying because you're right. going to have to match up a linebacker on Najee Harris. Go it ahead. sounds illegal. <laughs> it sounds unfair. And, you know, I'm interested to see how Sean Wade plays Brandon. You know, he, he was a projected first-round pick, but he really hasn't played well this year. He struggled against Amari Rodgers and those boys at Clemson last week. And it's like, where do you, you know, we saw this with LSU last year, Brandon. You, Clemson could not hide their one weakness in the secondary, which last year I believe it was deep. I think it was Deion Kendrick was the guy who has always seemed to be on the wrong person. It, if Ohio State has a DB they're not confident in, just bench them because you cannot hide them. You put them on Waddle. You put them on Mechie. You put them on Najee. You get, even put them on Forrestal, the tight end or Billingsley, the tight end, and they're still getting roasted, Brandon. So it, it just offers a horrible matchup situation because you can't hide. Like, if you face, like, in Auburn, like, you could just put them on the wide receiver Bo Nix won't look to when he's under pressure and rolls out to the left for some reason. It, it's easy to hide your worst player, but against Alabama, there's no place to hide it. You are wide open, ready to be exposed. But, you know, I had a little bit of a different matchup, Brandon, and it's a position – it's – Bama's offensive line versus Ohio State's defensive line or their pass rush. That's uh, good. That's, that's an think, incredible matchup to watch too, man. I, I think this matchup, man, is going to almost solely determine the game, Brandon. I know that sounds crazy, 
because you could pick any matchup and talk about, but if you had to pick one positional unit, one sole point outside of Justin Fields, Brandon, you have to look at this interior of the defensive line for Ohio State. I mean, it it calls problems for Clemson. It calls problems for Indiana at times. It calls problems for Northwestern. Zach Harrison, Haskell Garrett, Jonathan Cooper, Tommy uh, Taga, all those guys are elite defensive linemen. The two middle guys, Haskell and Tommy, are monsters. Ten sacks between those four players, Brandon, and this group has to make a giant impact this game. And, you know, the thing that separates this year's Ohio State team from uh, last year, Brandon, is it's much more of a group effort. You have those four guys. You have some backups that can get to the quarterback. Last year, it was really Chase Young or bust at points of the right. season. If you, We saw Clemson, if you shut down Chase Young, your quarterback won't get in sack unless they brought a, you know, elaborate blitz or something like that. But you look on the flip side, Brandon, Bama's O-line, one of the most efficient O-lines in the country. They just won the Moore Award, uh, the Moore Award for the best O-line in the country. We saw LSU win that last year. Um, but you got Emil Ekor, Alex Leatherwood, Dante Brown, Evan Neal. They've been almost flawless all year, Brandon. But this is why I picked this matchup. If you remember – Landon Dickerson got hurt in that SEC championship, Brandon, and he'll be out for this game. And so at center, Chris Owens, the backup, will be starting his second game. He was not super, super impressed against Notre Dame. He's a redshirt senior, so he has experience, Brandon. But, man, this is going to be a matchup. He is going to be matched up on the inside against the two best defensive players on this Ohio State team. So if he doesn't live up to the hype, and these guys can pressure Matt Jones, get the ball out of his hands quickly, force him into mistakes. This game takes a 180 for me. Right. No, and it's not only that. It's not only the pass rush like you've been focusing on either. I mean, it's I think it's this defensive line, this linebacking core against, against Najee Harris too because, I mean, this is a defense that we haven't really talked about a whole lot, honestly. I mean, we have, we have almost criminally not talked about them. <laughs> uh, because they're only allowing 96 rush yards a game. I mean, that's a game. Find me another team that can do that, well, I guess, besides Notre Dame. I guess they probably did too. But Alabama, I mean, even Alabama's defense, who we've given so much praise to, is allowing 107 yards a game. So, I, I mean, while that's not like leaps and bounds better, that's definitely something to watch for. I mean, Najee Harris, who has almost 1,400 yards rushing on the season, who has 24 uh, rushing touchdowns in the year, Yes, he can come out of the backfield and catch the ball, but I think to get going, to kind of get started in this matchup, he's going to have to deal with his legs, and it's going to be a tough thing to do against this against this uh, Ohio State front seven. Yeah, uh, it honestly is, and you know Ohio State's going to have to get to the quarterback, man. If we have seen what this is, Bama's thirteenth game. We've seen what happens if Mac Jones can sit in the backfield in the pocket and pick you apart. It's going to be a long, brutal night if you're an Ohio State fan or if you're just whoever's facing Bama that night. And, you know, another – on the flip side, Brandon, I think another matchup. Let's go switch to the Ohio State side of the ball and look at this Bama defense too. Ohio State's wide receivers versus Bama's secondary. It's the the wide receiver secondary matchup I think is most important. And I know – because we know that you're not going to stop Devontae Smith. We know that you're not going to stop John Metchie, but can you limit them here? I think this is more important because Ohio State, Brandon, I, I think if they don't score 35-plus minimum, they won't even have a shot in this game. That's not and, like a long shot either. I mean, this is the team that's scoring 41 points a game or 43 points a game, rather. Yeah, sorry. 43. But really and truly, I mean, I know that we've talked – usually like – you know, we have an interview coming out. We'll preview it later. But we were talking about how it's so hard to preview this game because, Brandon, how many times do we say the only team that could beat Alabama is Clemson? Oh, a bunch. So, <laughs> it's much a fact that I, so much in fact that I kind of want to go back and delete the tapes. <laughs> so it's so hard to preview this game because it's like, oh, man, like how do you convince yourself that Ohio State has a shot when – you know, but if the if the Ohio State team that played last week comes out, man, this is going to be a game. But then these wide receivers are going to have to play giant and almost spectacular football. But look at these Bama DBs, Brandon Patrick Sertan, 
only allowing 42% completion percentage against him in non-pass breakups this year. Malachi Moore, three INTs, eight pass breakups. Josh Job allowing under 50% completion percentage and has eight pass breakups of his own. It's almost like your wide receivers are going to have to play perfectly because these DBs are some of the best in the country. I mean, Patrick Sertain, Brandon, in my opinion, is the best defensive back coming out this year of college football. Oh, yeah. Right. He's that good. He has an NFL bloodline. I mean, this kid is balling. Brandon, I've already talked on the podcast. I think Malachi Moore, arguably down the line, he's a true freshman right now, could be the best DP that's come through Bama. I think that kid's got that yeah. type of talent. Josh Job's been coming on as of lately. But, Brandon, when you look at this Ohio State offense, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are really the only two established options. They both got over 650 yards receiving, seven and five touchdowns, respectively. But you're going to have to have a third, fourth option appear. Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith. Um, what, I don't even know how to say his uh, last name. We'll just say Jackson Smith. These two guys are true freshmen, Brandon, five stars that are going to have to show up. Because if you just have Olave and Garrett Wilson, Bama's going to double them and you are going to be out of luck there. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And Garrett Wilson's been been pulling so much of the load for the Ohio State team this year. Obviously, Chris Olave, I mean, I mean, he's been doing it for four years now. But, but um, yeah, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. If, if Bama can shut them down, then this Ohio State offense might be shut down. I mean, Trey Sermon can get it done, but I don't think he can get it done to the level that he would need to to win this game. No. It's, it's, no moving on to the next game, Brandon, if, if you had to pick one player from each team, you know, out, you don't have to be, you know, straightforward, like, oh, quarterback's the only position that matters. But who are two well, players? That, <laughs> who are two players from who are who's a player from Ohio State, a player from Bama that you are going to have your eye on Monday night? And that when we do this recap, you're going to be like, man, look, I told you these two guys, whoever played better than the, if these guys didn't show up, their team was going to lose. If they showed up, their team was going to win. Who do you think are the most important players on each team? I feel I feel like I feel like a chump now. But I think the obvious answer here is Justin Fields for Ohio State, at least. I mean, he's coming off of an injury. He's, he's coming – we even had Nick Saban's daughter saying that's the reason this game might be postponed. I will not, I will not back her up on that. I think that's a little ridiculous. <laughs> but, We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to talk God. about that storyline. We, we don't have to. But, um, oh, man, that's wild. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I think he's an X factor in this game. I think he might be the biggest X, X factor in this game, probably for either team, because uh, I mean, this Ohio State offense, yes, yes, they're very good. Yes, they probably have some depth at quarterback, um, but they don't have another Justin Fields back there. They don't. And and Trey Sermon, he has been outstanding in his past few games, but he can't carry the load on all zone. And obviously, these wide receivers can't carry it all on their own. If because I mean, Justin Fields is what makes them great. I think. I mean, Chris Olave, props, major props. Like I said, been a great player for four years. He'll be at the Senior Bowl this year, as will I. Spoiler alert. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for that definitely. But Justin Fields, man, this this Ohio State team, this Ohio State offense, at least, is going to go as far as he takes them and. Yeah, that is so tough to be playing to be coming off of a rib injury uh, after the after the national semifinal game. Um, for Alabama, it, it, okay, this one's so much harder than Ohio State, by the way, because <laughs> Alabama. We've been saying it all season long. Alabama is this team that just has so much talent at every single part of the like at every single part of of both sides of their. I mean, their offense, their defense, even their special teams. Uh, they finally found a kicker. Don't know where they got him, but they found him. Um, but he's he's a stud too. It was just wild. If you would have told me that ten years ago, I would have slapped you in the face that Alabama was gonna have a good kicker. Um, that was like <laughs> the one thing that was keeping me. That was like getting me out of bed in the morning. But um, anyway, so I don't know. That, that, that's a tough one. Uh, maybe Devontae Smith's gonna perform. It doesn't really matter about him. Maybe maybe Najee Harris. Potentially, maybe their O line as a whole. Uh, I don't as know. a unit, this, this, this is too tough for me to call. It really is. Uh, you see, I'll go another way, man. So I'll start with Ohio State. I like Trey Sermon here. 
I know that yeah. everyone says quarterbacks above all, all that good stuff. Well, guess what? 2020 broke the mold. 2021 broke the mold, technically, too. Devontae Smith wins to Hosman. No one thought that was going to happen at first. Um, but Trey Summerman, these last two games has run for over 500 yards, Brandon, against right. the two best defenses they've played all year. And you look at you look at the games that Bama I, I got a small test in, and it was really just Ole Miss. And what did they do, Brandon? They ran the ball, and it opened up pass lanes for that offense, and then they could throw late, and they kept scoring with Alabama there. You're gonna Trey Sermon is going to have to be a hundred yard rusher Monday night if if right. if Ohio State even wants a small shot. And if listen, if he runs for two hundred again. God forbid this game might swing Ohio State's way. And, you know, so I'm looking for Trey Sermon to have a big night. On Alabama's side, I get it. Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Malachi Moore, Patrick Sertan, the offensive line. I'm going with John Mechie. And let me explain. The reason I'm going with John Mechie is the same reason I picked Ohio State's wide receivers as a matchup to watch. He is going to have to be spectacular because I think that those DBs are going to be doubling, tripling Devontae Smith during this game. And and really and truly, I think Ohio State is going to test Jalen Waddle if he plays early to see if he's a decoy or not. Are you 100% or can we just leave you in single coverage? Right. That's, that's a huge, huge question mark with this Alabama team. So I'm going with Mechie just because I think just like Ohio State – they need another option, Brandon. They need to take some of the pressure off of Devontae Smith, all, off of Najee Harris, off of Mac Jones, off that offensive line. He's going to have to play kind of like he did against AM, where he had two touchdowns. He was he was taking – the he was in that – because he's going to be on one-on-one coverage all night long, Brandon. And so right. if he doesn't – if he has a big night, Alabama runs away with this one easily. Um, and I, I think with Steve Sarkeesian and what this offense has been doing, I think we could see a big game from John Mechie this weekend. No, I can definitely see it. You know, I, I think that I, I think that Bama is definitely going to need that second target just because this Ohio State defense is going to be targeting Devontae Smith all night long. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely I, I can definitely see where you're coming from there. Yeah, I agree, man. So we're going to move into some storylines here, man. There are so many storylines that go along with this game, Brandon. We're going to start with the first. Steve Sarkeesian accepted the head coaching job um, for Texas, man. We had the Heisman ceremony last night with Devontae Smith. You know, Brandon, do you think this offers any distractions? I mean, you know Saban, he, he's used to assistance leaving, all this stuff, but he hates distractions. And within a week before the national championship, you have a player winning the Heisman at your building because of COVID and stuff. You have an assistant leaving who's taking other assistants with them. I mean, do you think it could play any role this week? I mean, well, this coming Monday in this game that, you know, maybe this team isn't as fully prepared as they could have been. I mean, I certainly think it's like, I mean, if these aren't distractions, I don't know what it is. Because, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian is – I'm not going to say he's been like the heartbeat of the South Alabama team because he hasn't been. But he's been there, and he's been a big part of their success, you know. So, yeah, losing him is definitely one of those things, especially for the players that are returning, you know. Maybe not so much for the players that are going to the draft or graduating or, or whatever it be. But for the players that are coming back that we're looking to, that we're looking to play for him next season, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some distraction to be had there. Uh, and, um, t- and what I have to say about Devontae Smith winning the Heisman, uh, as far as that being a distraction, maybe probably a little bit less of a distraction, honestly. But one thing I will yeah. say about that is it was a little weird to me that the trophy was just kind of chilling next to him. And then also Mac Jones was also just chilling next to him. Because I didn't realize they were going to be in the same room during the Heisman That's tough, right? That's so tough. That was – well, I mean – how do you react if you're Kyle Trask or Trevor Lawrence when the trophy's not next to you? Well, no, they had a trophy in every location. Up. It's a fake trophy. Did they? Yeah, the real one was no. with um, Reese Davis, I think, was the one at New York with the real trophy. All of them had fake trophies to hold up, if I remember right. Well, that makes me even more mad then because that, I don't know, something about that just doesn't rub me the right way. 
<laughs> okay, listen. So, like, don't, don't give me but, a fake trophy if I'm not going to win. Listen, he, hear me. No, they didn't get to keep it. They took the fake trophy afterwards. That makes me even more <laughs> mad, actually. <laughs> I mean, here's wow. here. Like, I get it. Okay, it's the national championship week. You can't risk, you know, Devontae Smith, especially getting, you know, COVID. But I felt like his family deserved to be there. Yeah, no, I, I think That's so. That's a little ridiculous. Like, yeah. Like, well, when did they announce the finalists, Brandon? The 21st or the 19th or something like that? So, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Why don't you just bring them up there, get them a nice hotel room, COVID test them? That way they could be with their. No, I, I mean, I definitely hear what you're saying. Uh, what I will say, though, is that over in Amy, where, where Devontae Smith's family was, Looks like it was a good time. It looked like a great time. I wish I could have been there. It looked like a blast. I'm not even going to lie to you. It looked like an absolute blast. You know, and it kind of like, I feel like you could tell, like, so with the Heisman ceremony, like, it just didn't seem like he was fully enjoying, like, I don't feel like it fully hit him that he won the Heisman because he was just in the team meeting room. Right. You could tell in his face as soon as he won it, like, he was still upset. Like, when they were talking to his parents, you could tell it bothered him. And it just, it bothered me that they did not let him go see his parents. Or didn't let his parents come experience that with them. Like, that would just, I don't know. If I was going to win the Heisman, I'd have to pull some strings. But I guess, you know, it's kind of hard looking Nick Saban in the face and be like, let me tell you how we're going to do it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Um, I mean, especially because you can't lose. You can't lose either one of those players right now. Uh, I mean, do you know the, oh, my God, bro. Listen, everyone thinks the political stuff right now is bad. It let Devontae Smith catch COVID because of the Hosmer traffic <laughs> ceremony. The NCAA Capitol building would be gone. Nick Saban oh would have done. <laughs> Nick Saban would have lost it. But let's speaking of Saban, uh, us Saban, Brandon, not Nick Saban, us Saban, his daughter. Oh, you know, there was a report that the national championship was going to be postponed, Brandon, one week. Um, to the 18th due to some COVID breakouts in Ohio State because even though it's a national championship, Alabama still has to follow the SEC protocols. The big uh, Ohio State has to follow the Big Ten, which is, what, 21 days after a positive right. test. So it's a, it's an uneven playing field in terms of that. But they were going to postpone it. Well, you know, Nick Saban's daughter tweeted out that, you know, it wasn't a COVID problem. It was a ploy or a scam to get Justin Fields some extra healing time, and it was the first ever targeting hit that gave someone COVID. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Brandon, do you think – okay, one – okay, let's break this down to, like, three parts. One, was she out of line? Two, do you kind of secretly agree with her? And three, do you think it's fair to postpone the game? Um, one, yes. <laughs> out of line <laughs> a million percent. Maybe just don't tweet anything <laughs> if you're Nick Saban's daughter in this scenario. I, should, I don't I know. Could've, I, I could have just added this to like the distraction list for Saban because now he has to go ground oh his my daughter. God. <laughs> his 30-year-old daughter. Um, <laughs> two, two, do I secretly agree with her? Not really. No. I, I mean, I okay. So what I will say is that I don't think – that it's like a scam or a ploy. I think there are COVID issues, especially, you know, and I know that Columbus and, and Cleveland aren't the same place, but are, has anyone been paying attention to how Ohio has been handling the pandemic? Because the Ohio Browns not handle anything well. The Browns apparently have just a great, they've been having outbreaks for like the past month, like just yeah. their organization. First, it was all their receivers. They didn't have a single receiver, like starting receiver, in the lineup. Then, I what was it even last week? Something, something, someone else was out. I thought their now, head coach was out or something like that. Oh, yeah, no, that's what that's what it is now. Now their head coach is out, and so with some of their coaching staff for the for the wild card oh, round yeah. of the playoffs. So maybe Ohio is having a really rough time right now. Not only that, but yesterday was actually, and this is a little fun fact from, no, well, it's not fun fact, a little fact from Brandon. <laughs> yesterday was the deadliest day of the pandemic so far. So, like, I can't believe still, you tried to classify that as a fun fact. I should, I should go to immediately to jail. I should. I'm sorry. You said you want to hear a everyone. fun fact? That's like you're going to put that on the inside no. of like a Jolly Rancher <laughs> or like, what <laughs> is it, a Snapple lid? <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bleep out fun when when I put this on the air. But every single time we said fun, that's that's like a bad word now. But yeah, so I mean, I, I think it could be like a legitimate issue. Do I think that maybe like a little extra time to heal from injuries would do Ohio State badly? No, but I'm not gonna say that's the reason that 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 they're pushing the the COVID uh, protocols, whatever. I'm not going to say that. I absolutely would not say that. I'm sorry. And three, I forgot your third question. Do you think they should postpone it? No, I don't think they should postpone it. I think that while, yes, there there are um, – there might be an outbreak at Ohio State, I think that, you know, I, I don't want to say, like, oh, well, everyone's in the same playing field because obviously there's differences everywhere. But, like, if they couldn't contain this – in the way that Alabama has contained it to this point through a longer season, I don't think we should give them like special privileges to play this game later to have some of their players back. And, and yeah, that sucks. And I, you know, I am probably going to go back on this at some point, but for right now, I don't think you should postpone it. Um, I, I just don't, I don't see how that's fair to an Alabama team who's played, you know, twice as many games and, and yes, their head coach ha- has had COVID. Players on the team twice. have gone through the protocol. <laughs> yeah, twice. Players on the team have gone through protocol, and they're back full health or mostly full health. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it as fair to be postponed. Yeah, I agree. So the first one, a little bit out of line there. I get the frustration <laughs> though, because as an Alabama fan, like I, it, if it was LSU, I think you would have tweeted out a similar thing. But um, me, so, you know. <laughs> Yeah. No, me uh, never. Do do something <laughs> on Twitter, never. Uh, tiger droppings, yes. Um, yes, but yeah. Oh, yeah. A little out of line. I'm sure Saban was not happy with it because we saw what happens when you give Ohio State un, unneeded motivation. And, you know, is there a little bit of truth to it? Maybe. I mean, maybe. And you know what? It. it I wouldn't say it's – it is – I wouldn't say it's the sole motivation, Brandon – but if you if you did have an outbreak, it's it, it'd be like almost like have that'd be the cherry on top of having it postponed. Yeah. You'd be like, okay, not only do we give our players more time to get back from COVID because we need all hands on deck for Bama, but now Justin Fields gets an extra week to rest. That's an extra week for right. him to get better. So I think it's just added motivation to postpone it if there was motivation to postpone it. Now, should they? I'm gonna take a much more cynical approach than you. Um, not gonna lie here, but you know how I feel about Kevin Warren in the Big Ten. I <laughs> would love it. I want to. I, I want to be like Cartman on the Scott Tenneman episode with Kevin Warren crying and you're gonna me, eat like, his parents. No, 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 not that part. But just like I'd be like the Cartman, be like I. I just want to see him cry into his non his empty trophy case because his dumb <laughs> handling of COVID cost his conference a national championship. Ah. Uh. I love okay. it. I love it. I need some more. Oh, whatever you want to say. Uh, I Zach started to a country life. star. <laughs> what did that, I don't even know who sings that. Was it Tim McGraw? I um, have no idea. I have, I have no idea. Let us know. We have a lot of listeners in Texas. Let us <laughs> update us on our country references. But no, nah, man, I, I love it. I, I hope that I hope that is the reason Ohio State doesn't win. And I hate Bama. Yeah. And I, I hate Bama winning the national championship. But guess what? I would much rather Bama win than Kevin Warren because it would only make it so much better. And, you know, really and truly, it, let's be honest. I mean, we've both been so vocal about how it is BS that Ohio State got to play so little games and that the Big Ten almost – the Big Ten almost set into effect almost everything to get the season canceled. So if they win the COVID championship, I'm going to be upset. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to be upset. You almost took our season. You think you just get the national title like that? Yeah. Disgusting. That's wild. Disgusting. Disgusting. For the hashtag fire Kevin Warren to keep it speed, we need Ohio State to lose. So, no, don't cancel it. Let them go out there with one wide receiver for all I care. Okay. Um. You know, that's just how I feel about it, B-Dub. I don't know. I I don't know. But the other storyline here, man, is the legacies for these two coaches. One of them, 
Brandon, it's pretty much as much in concrete as possible with Nick Saban. I mean, a loss win, what, what is it going to do? While Ryan yeah. Day, you know, we've talked about it. You know, we had a guest on here who very much did not think the same as us. But, um, you know, I think he's still trying to prove he can win with his roster. And yeah, he's been doing it. So a national title will go a long way. I mean, speak to, like, what a win would do for each of these coaches in your mind and, like, what you think it would contribute to their legacy. And, by, and by the way, Nick Saban wins this. He ties Bear Bryant for the most national titles at Alabama. To be completely honest with you, Zach, I don't know what a win does for Saban in this situation. Yes, it ties him for the most national championships at Alabama. Sure. But, I mean, isn't he – I mean, I don't know. Is there If you're, if you are a person listening to this podcast right now, and Nick Saban, in your opinion, is not the greatest college football coach of all time, let me know um, because apparently we haven't been doing our job well enough. He's the greatest of all time. I, I mean, that's just I, – I don't feel like that's up for debate, is it, Zach? Not in my opinion. Uh, I don't think so, it is, but I think there's some yeah. people who, you know, still hold Bear Bryant in such a high regard. And, you know, there's that off-kilter Florida State fan that thinks, you know, Bobby Bowden is the greatest of all time. And there's some Penn State people who think Joe Paterno and et cetera, et cetera. So, so if if Nick Saban, if Alabama does win this national championship, he's tied for Bear Bryant. Um do you think that means – because you know that phase that people in Alabama have gone through, and I think it's still kind of lingering on, where, they're, where they'll wear, like, houndstooth because of Bear Bryant? Do you, think, uh, do, do you think that maybe people in, like, 30 years will just start wearing a broken headset because of Nick Saban? Because if that's <laughs> the case, then I'm rooting for Alabama in this one, if, that, if that's the case. But listen, uh, if they – I need uh, – for from now on – if you interview a Bama fan, you're going to be in danger. Because instead of wearing house suit, Brandon, I don't think they should wear a broken headset. I think they should verbally assault reporters. <laughs> yeah, I think they should verbally assault reporters. And I also think that they should they should never smile. But when they do, it's the scariest thing anybody's ever seen. <laughs> and if your kid ain't giving 100% every play, you're going to have to ground him. Yeah. That's it. Every and play. Also, also, you're only 5'6". Ooh. That's tough. Okay, look, if we if we ever and we'll never get Nick Saban on this podcast, which is why <laughs> which is why I feel very comfortable saying all these things. Bro, that's a scary a man. Of, dude, if we ever have anyone from Texas on or um Alabama, we're gonna have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, yeah, we are. And if we ever but, get Sam Howell on, you're gonna have a lot of explaining to do. And I am going to <laughs> I am going to pull the tapes if we have Sam Howell on. Uh-huh. Okay, so so to answer, to finish answering your question, I think the only thing that winning this does for Nick Saban is it just concretes his his legacy for the University of Alabama. I mean, I'm nationally, like I said, I think he's pretty highly regarded as the greatest coach of all time. As you mentioned, there are some there are some fans of Alabama that still hold uh, Bear Bryant in that position, um, but I think that a win here kind of concretes that. I think I think it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, a loss doesn't hurt him honestly <laughs> I don't think a loss hurts him here uh, I mean all I think it does is that they start like we start joking about how Alabama can never beat Ohio State because this is this would be the uh oh my, this would be the yeah the second time in the past six year five years that or yeah six years that Alabama's lost Ohio State in the national championship it's kind of like that old thing where they couldn't win in the in the uh, Superdome now they just can't win against Ohio State uh for Ryan Day a win helps him so, so much because it's his first national championship uh, or first as a head coach anyway. Um, I, I mean, I think that he's already, like, pretty highly regarded as a head coach, like a newer head coach anyway, not in the same way that Nick Saban is. Uh, yeah. So, obviously, a win helps him so much more. And he's put on this on this pedestal. He's put on this on this national stage of, of just these incredible head coaches in, in NCAA football. A loss – it hurts him, but it doesn't hurt him entirely too bad. You know, he was on that Ohio State staff that won their last national championship. Um, obviously, you know, this is his first time. And this is in like, this is a season that no one thought Ohio State was going to play even in September. So, right. Uh, a loss, I think that gets chalked off, uh, chalk, chalked up to a, uh, 
to a shortened COVID riddled season where Kevin Warren couldn't handle the situation right. So I don't think a loss hurts any either one of these coaches entirely too much. It certainly hurts Ryan Day more though. Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, you look at Nick Saban, man, and he's been to the national title more times than not as the head coach of Alabama. Right. Like 58% of his years have been the natty, which is, <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. For real. That. That's really ridiculous. Do. And, you know, I just don't think he can do anything more. Like you said, me and you are on that boat. We educate all our listeners out there. Nick Saban is the goat right now. But, you know, you look at this win, man, and it's almost like it's I don't know how to put that. I don't I don't know what to even to compare it to, but you look at you look at his resume and then you start wondering, can anyone ever touch this? Yeah. It's getting so like right now it's like, okay, if a coach gets real hot and you know, may you know, Dabo's in that boat where Dabo's on his heels and he's building something really nice. But if Saban wins it this year or then wins another, it's like is anyone ever even going to come close? It's kind of like Don Shula's win record in the NFL. It's like, is anyone ever going to hit that? Right. Or or if you want to go NASCAR, like, I mean, Richard Petty's 200 <laughs> wins. It's like, no one's ever going to touch that. Yeah. Well, and, that's what you're saying. and so I, I think that's, that is, that is kind of where we're at with Nick Saban. But with, with Ryan Day, man, I think a win, like you said, it puts him on that Urban Meyer track, I think. And I know that's yeah. cheesy coming from that he replaced Urban Meyer. But when Urban Meyer got to Florida, his first big head coaching job, he won it in his second year. And that's what we're looking at right now. He's, But also, he could be on that Dabo Sweeney thing if he loses, man. Because you got to remember, Dabo Sweeney lost to Saban early, too. And he's kind of – and I think he'll be chalked up to, like, man, he ran into that Alabama team. The Alabama team had a Heisman wide receiver. Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Jalen Waddle, that defense, you're winning up against Nick Saban. I mean, and then, like you said, it can be written off to a COVID season. So I don't think a loss really hurts it much at all. If he loses again, he could be on the Kirby Smart slash Mark Rick thing where he can't win a big game. But right now, I think his resume is pretty fresh. Like, if we're comparing it to concrete like Saban, which is dried up, it's a whole monument at this point. I feel like they just laid the concrete for day. And there's a lot, there's a long way till it dries. And so I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Ohio State fans should be putting any pressure on him to win. Right. No, I get what you're saying. And, you know, that, that's just kind of how I feel about that. But, you know, we have one last segment here, man. We got the positional breakdown. So we're going to go position by position um, here, Brandon. We're going to tell our listeners who we think has the advantage in that position and why. And I feel like we, had, we, we you know, we'll, we'll start by, maybe not least important, but we'll start unconventionally with special teams. Um, honestly, this is tough. I don't really – I'm not a big special teams guy. I played special teams. <laughs> Coming from the that, linebacker. I don't, I don't sit here in the long snapper, son. Uh, but um, I, I really don't. I mean, what do you want me to do? I, I think Alabama probably has better kicker if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I do too. I mean, this kid, I don't think he's missed a – Field goal this year, man. Yeah, right. I mean, that's, that's unheard of. That's stout. That's stout. Yeah. Um, let's go DBs here, Brandon. So, cornerback safeties. Who has the better secondary in this game? In my opinion, I, I think Alabama does. I, I really do. I, I mean, I think that's kind of just the the Patrick Sertan show. To be, <laughs> to be totally honest with you, um, disrespect. You disrespect to Malachi Moore. And Jordan yeah. Battle, and I mean, Josh Jove. I mean, dude, the list goes on and on. I mean, this Alabama w- w- is right on the heels of Ohio State and LSU for DBU at this point. No, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I, I see what you're saying there. It, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, you went on like a five minute rant earlier about Patrick Sertan. So yeah, I don't he's a monster. This. He should be a top 10 pick. Yeah. In my opinion. I, and really, <laughs> truly, Brandon, outside of Sean Wade, who do you trust on? Ohio State's in Ohio State secondary to make a big impact. I mean, I really can't think of anyone. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It's like, oh man, that's tough. But let's go to linebackers here, Brandon. Who's got the advantage at the second level of the defense with the linebackers? I feel like I'm repeating myself a lot here. <laughs> um, I think Alabama does. I, I really and truly do. 
Ooh, I, I do too, man. I mean, Jordan Battle kind of plays that between. And then is there a better linebacker in this game than Dylan Moses? No, there's not. And he almost – I read this the other day. I'm sure everyone else who's listening to this did, if you follow college football. That injury almost just put him out forever, which that would have been a travesty. Yeah, that would have that would have been tough to – that would have just been tough, tough to read, man. It's great that he got back. And then let's not forget the Christian Harris and the boys that played last year while he was hurt are still there. I mean, yeah, this family sure. team's got some depth at the second level, man. And Sean Lee is back there. I mean, this, this team is stacked at the linebacker position. But, you know, I think Bama right now has the 3-0 advantage on Ohio State right now. But we got one more defensive position group, D-line, Brandon. Who has the advantage in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball? I, I think Ohio State has this one. I think this is the one, the one position battle on defense that Ohio State actually can win. Yeah, uh, you know – uh, I, I thought we might switch up a little bit, but I, I think we kind of see in this game similarly here. Ohio State's got the defensive line. We talked about it earlier, man. I mean, Zach Harrison, Haskell Garrett, Jonathan Cooper, Tommy Taga, all those guys make big impacts. Bama's got some pass rushers. L- l- listen, Will Anderson and them boys are no joke. They'll make plays, but I think Ohio State's more experienced on the defensive line, and right now they're more consistent on the defensive line in terms of the running game and pass rush. So I'm giving it to Ohio State there. This one I feel like is a pretty easy one, Brandon. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball here, offensive line. Uh, it's the more award winner, dude. It has to be Alabama. <laughs> Listen, there, there is probably four first-round picks on that offensive line, to be completely honest with you. Right. I mean – we talked about it earlier. Uh, Emil, e- e- Emil Ecor, monster. Alex Leatherwood might be a top 10 pick. Yeah. And Deontay Brown should be a first round pick. Evan Neal will be drafted. Chris Owens might be drafted. Even as a backup who got limited playing time, he could be a late round pick. If I'm an NFL GM, man, if you play for Alabama, I'm giving you a look in the late rounds because I know oh, what, what you are. And, you know, uh, that gives Alabama the advantage here, but we're gonna we're gonna group these together. Wide receiver slash tight end advantage, Brandon. Who do you have here? I feel like this is like this is going off the rails right now because I just keep picking Alabama, and I hate for this to be so much of a landslide right now. But Alabama receivers, man, they have the Heisman Trophy winning uh, wide receiver in Devontae Smith. They have Jalen Waddle, who's who's likely to return for this game, and not only that, they have. Uh, they have um, John Mechie, who stepped up big in this place while he was out. And they'll all three be playing this upcoming Monday. So, in my opinion, man, I, I know I hear everybody. I hear what you're saying. It, Ohio State isn't that bad. They're not. They have some really great receivers, but Alabama wins this one in the landslide. Yeah, I agree. I mean, how do you not go with the Hosman Trophy winner? I mean, it's right. just that it's that simple. You got Devontae Smith, Mechie, them. And let's not forget, Brandon, tight end Billingsley, who's the next Kyle Pitts. He's a wide right. receiver that's just way too damn big and that can play tight end. I mean, and he's become such a staple of that offense recently due to some injuries. Billingsley is an X factor to watch, guys. Bill, Billingsley can do it all on that offense, and I think he's an underrated piece that no one pays attention to. So I'm giving it to Alabama. I agree. This is going to be tough. But we have a position here that could go either way for you, Brandon. We have running back in this game. So who are you giving it to? Bama, Ohio State, running back. Man, I know this one could go either way. And I thought about it. But when when you look at these two running backs, Trey Sermon and Najee Harris, it has to be Najee Harris, right? I mean, in my opinion, at least, I think he is a much better running back. Now, I do think Trey Sermon has potential. And I hate that this is his last year playing as a senior. Um, uh, cause I'd love to see a lot more of him, And I don't know if he got enough looks to, to play in the NFL. Maybe he did, but I'm not sure. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I think Najee Harris is, is head and shoulders above Trey Sermon, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm giving it, I'm giving it to Bama about a small amount. If we're talking about momentum though, I don't know if there's a hotter player in the country right now than Trey Sermon. And, Listen, I, the reason I'm giving it to Najee Harris, Brandon, is because of the longevity. 
and the consistency that we've seen from him this year. If Trey Sermon would have been on this role all year, I think I would mind to go Trey Sermon. I mean, we talked about when he transferred from Oklahoma that he had the he had possibility to be the best running back in the country. And right. he just didn't show it. He got stuck behind Master Teague. I like Master Teague as a backup, but I think Brian Robinson for Bama is a great backup too. So I can't really give them the advantage there. So I'm going to have to go with Bama by a slight, slight amount. And, you know, I think Najee Harris could be a focal point of this game, especially if Ohio State's putting eight in coverage. Because then five on three inside, Najee Harris is going to eat that alive all day um, in terms of running the ball. But we got the most important position on the field, Brandon, quarterback. Who has the advantage here? Uh, this one's this one's really hard for me because I know that Mac Jones was a Heisman finalist. He was second in Heisman or sorry third in Heisman voting. I'm gonna have to go with Justin Fields here if he's healthy. You know if he comes in healthy and he can he can play the way that we know Justin Fields can play, I think he's the better quarterback of the two. I agree. I had Justin Fields here too. So we we went all the way through here just to agree with each other. We should have just checked off the list. Man, <laughs> I mean. And, and I'm giving it for a little bit different reason. I'm giving it because of his mobility. I think yeah. that's an added dimension to the game that just puts him just a tad bit above Matt Jones, man. I mean, that a little bit of wiggle to him just makes it him makes it just a little bit harder to defend. And I think that's gonna it's gonna pay off against the Bama team where Brandon, we've seen it. The only quarterbacks that can beat Bama are quarterbacks that can move. Right. Or generational quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow's got a little bit of movement in him. Let's not let's not fool ourselves here. Joe Burrow can run, um, and I think Justin Fields offers that. I think Justin Fields has the experience now. He's been in this moment, man. I, I think right now Justin Fields is the better quarterback. I know some Bama fans are going to just they're going to be in, they're going they're going to be pissed about this, but right there's a reason that Mac Jones isn't projected to go second overall in the draft, and I'll just leave it at that. Right. So, Brandon, right. it's that time. We're wrapping up this episode. It's our last prediction of the year, man. Listen, I, you know, we haven't posted them because we've been slacking because of the holidays. You are got a losing record right now in bowl season, man. So this, this counts for a lot. What, what is your prediction for next Monday night, Alabama, Ohio State, and the 2021 National Championship? Let me ask you this, Zach. How how bad is my losing record? Is it is it like if I win this, I'll be back at five hundred? Yes. Really? Oh, I'm going Alabama. I was going to say Ohio State just because I wanted to be able to root for them, but I'm going Alabama because <laughs> they're absolutely going to win. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry that you see through the facade now. I have to go with Alabama, and I'm going to go with Alabama. What? Um, forty-two, thirty-one. Oh man, we had a pretty similar score. I was going with Bama the whole way, man. Listen, I told y'all the only team that could beat this Bama team was Clemson. And you know what? I still feel that way. I do. I I think Ohio State was a bad matchup for Clemson. I think Bama's a bad matchup for Ohio State. When your weakness is your secondary and you have this Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver and this wide group of wide receivers for Jalen Waddle, Mechie, Billingsley, and all these boys coming in, it's a real bad matchup. But I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout like a lot of people do, Brandon. Um you know, I think Trey Sermon's going to be able to move the ball a little bit. I just think Justin Fields has that it factor. I think they keep it close. It's a high-scoring game, but it's a game, Brandon, where you're going to look back and you're going to be like, man, that's a one-score game. But I felt like Bama never never was out of control. Bama controls the whole right. game. They score first. They never lose the lead. Bama 45, Ohio State 38 down in Miami as Nick Saban claims another national championship for the Crimson Tide. All right. Oh, man, it's tough. Uh, you know, I knew when we started the college football podcast, I was going to have to do it eventually. Your boy had to pick Bama in a natty, and I think they're going to win it. But, guys, that is a wrap on this national championship preview. And as y'all listening to this, it's most likely Thursday, January 7th. Listen, tomorrow, January 8th, we have an amazing, amazing interview coming out with the Bama beat reporter for Bama for the Bama Insider Tony Sekoulis is going to be joining us to talk all things Alabama football, all things for the national championship. The video version will be on YouTube, the Blue Blood CFB podcast, audio version everywhere. So make sure to look for a new episode on Friday, which is not our usual day. But we had, we had to get an extra episode out for you guys. So go check that out when y'all can. 
I can find the podcast literally everywhere, man. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, what are the Overcast, Pandora, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. Um, find us on YouTube. Like I said, like, rate, subscribe to the podcast wherever. Instagram at the underscore Blue Bloods, Twitter at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods, Facebook at the Blue Bloods Pod. The website is thebluebloodspod.com. We are getting way too much stuff out here, Brandon. We got way too many places to plug Jesus Christ. But guys, Go find us wherever y'all listen, man. We appreciate all y'all, man. Hope 2020 is doing y'all a lot better than 2020. 2021 is doing y'all a lot better than 2020. But for right now, guys, we out.